Hello, and welcome to Catholicism in the Car. My name is Parker Zerbal. Okay, um, today I want to talk about uh, something a little different than uh, what we've been discussing the last few episodes, and and that would be uh, the concept of of doctrine within the Catholic Church. Like, what what is teaching? Do- doctrine means teaching. Um, what are the, the various teachings within the Catholic Church, and and in what ways are are certain teachings? Um, more binding than others, and then also it, when you're looking at church history, you know what teachings um, had more leeway at certain times, and then which ones have maybe less leeway now. And this uh, comes in response to a podcast, a podcast I was listening to by Dr. Jordan Cooper, who's a, uh, a Lutheran pastor in the uh, Missouri. He's a Missouri Synod Lutheran, uh, LCMS Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Very, very smart guy, and I, I respect him a lot. Uh, I think he, him and, and Dr. Gavin Ortland, I think, you know, on those two different, in those two different denominations of Protestantism, I think they comport themselves really well. They, they are really, they're, they're very uh, intellectually honest, and yet they're also, you know, they're not willing to compromise on the things that they believe, which is necessary for good ecumenical dialogue. You can't just compromise on things or especially like compromise on wording so that it appears that you're saying the same thing when you're really not because then you're just you're just basically lying to each other uh, and that really does nothing to further dialogue so so yeah so I, I respect him a lot um, but there was something in this video uh, that struck me and he was discussing how since the the Middle Ages Catholics have had, a, a bit of a change or, you know, I would argue a development in their doctrine of, uh, of what the sacrifice for the Mass is and what that means. And he says in the, in the, in the Middle Ages, especially around the time of, of, uh, of Martin Luther during the Reformation, there were a number of those within the Catholic Church who... Who were proclaiming the idea that the mass was literally a re-sacrificing of Christ? And I've read some some Catholic sources on this. I know uh, NewAdvent.org, the Catholic Encyclopedia, has some things on this. If you look up there, uh, if you look up the, the word justification, they have a, a pretty long article on that, and and it, and it gets to this a little bit. Um, that there were certain Catholics, many of them heavily influenced by the philosophy of nominalism, which, which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. Um, but just to review, nominalism is, is the idea that uh, concepts in the world uh, and, and also in our minds are not real in any, in any way. They are, they are really just uh, made up by the mind. So there's no, there's no nature... Um, common nature of dog let's say there's no dogness out there you know there's no such thing as dogness it's just a concept that we use to try to lump these things together 
that seem similar to us, right? So that's like one of the, the that's like the main idea of nominalism is that, and it has many consequences, which we which we have talked about on this podcast. And one of those consequences is that um, a type of dualism can creep in, especially when one applies that nominalistic viewpoint to oneself. Um, this this inevitably will, I think, and I argue lead to the idea that man is split in his in his nature in his reality that he's his he has his soul on the one hand and he has his body on the other okay and they're they're kind of they're these two dual aspects to humanity hence this idea that's called dualism um whereas from a, a realist perspective you have the idea that that the soul is just the form of the body but but that can't be from a nominalistic perspective because there's no such thing as forms. Um, fo- forms do not exist. Forms are just uh, con- constructs of the mind. They they have no um, no basis in reality, and so therefore you can't accurately discuss things using the idea of of the form of something. So what happened is people that still wanted to hang on to this idea of the soul they needed another way of expressing it. And, and the way that fits into this nominalistic uh, philosophy is uh, is this this dualist mentality, where the soul is is something in, in and of itself, and then the body is something in and of itself, and they can be separate, and that's you know perfectly fine. You think of like the ghost in the machine sort of idea, right? So um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. Got to gather my thoughts. One second. So how do, how does this regard the sacrifice of the mass? Well, these these Catholics that were coming from this uh, nominalistic perspective uh, had no. Th- th- there's no way within a nominalistic framework that one can believe that uh, that an event, a, a singular event within history, could somehow transcend time and space and become actually become present uh, now in in any in any real way. Um, which which that is. The, the current and and I would say long-standing view of the church as regards the mass. I mean, even during the time of the Reformation, there were people uh, that were were explaining the sacrifice of the mass in this way, um, because you know otherwise you end up kind of contradicting. And you do you end up contradicting scripture. Um, and I think the people coming from this nominalistic standpoint either didn't didn't know that they were really contradicting scripture or just didn't care. I don't know, but. Uh, but you can see how how from that from that starting point of believing that there is no that, that forms don't exist, universals don't exist, um, all that the only things that exist in that way are just constructs of the mind. Um, therefore, that there can no be no real concept of eternity, and also there can be no real concept of um, cyclu- uh, cyclical yeah cyclical time in any way, or where time uh, one event in the past could somehow be an eternal event which can be made present at any point along uh, along the timeline i guess you could say that that is that is impossible from a nominalistic point of view and so they kind of had to throw that out and the only really thing left is to say well we're re-sacrificing again jesus on on the cross and that was their their understanding of of what the sacrifice of the mass was, and and there's probably still Catholics that think this, uh, as much as the Church has been been quite clear on on the correct way to think about these things. 
because no nominalism it, it's not consistent with Catholic belief in any way. If you take the premise of nominalism and you make that the basis of your philosophy of life, you're going to come to a lot of conclusions that that are incompatible with the Catholic faith. And you know, I, I don't really see how someone can be a faithful, a truly faithful Catholic and also hold to a, a true nominalism. It just doesn't it doesn't really work. It becomes it becomes incoherent. So I think um, I think. And I'm sure Dr. Cooper knows this, that, that there were other views at the time. Um, and it, it may very well be that, that that was the majority view. I'm not as well versed in this topic as probably some other people are, so I, I don't know that for sure. But certainly there was a multitude of, of views on the topic because it hadn't been, it hadn't been defined yet. Um, it hadn't been sorted out, just like many things. Like today, one of the biggest things that I think the Catholic Church is attempting to sort out is... What exactly does papal infallibility mean? Um, we have it. We have bits of it laid out in, in Vatican One and and Trent, but not not all of it. All the details haven't been ironed out yet. Like like what exactly is an infallible statement? And then also, you know, what are the hierarchies of various magisterial documents? There's there's many theologians that speculate about these things, and I think there's a decent consensus. But nothing has been determined by uh, by the magisterium, so it's still up for debate. Many facets of that of that uh, topic are still up for debate. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a little bit of a response to, to Dr. Cooper's video, um, and the video. If anybody wants to go watch it, it was a very good video. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it was on um, sola fide in the Church Fathers. And that, so that, that's the video that he talks about these things. I think, I think it was a little more than an hour long, so maybe watch it on two times speed or something. But yeah, all right. Let me know what you think. Uh, feel free to reach out to me via email or on Facebook, um, Twitter. I'm also on Instagram now, so feel free to reach out to me there. And uh, yeah, you can find the podcast on Anchor FM, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and a bunch more. They're all listed in the descriptions of each of each episode. So spread the word. Let me know if you like what you're hearing. Let me know if you don't like anything that you're hearing. Um, I'm again. I'm I'm very open to constructive criticism. So feel free to let me know what I can do better. Thanks. Oh, uh, real quick, real quick, please feel free to uh, subscribe to any of my podcasts on any of the podcast players. Find me on YouTube. Please subscribe. Like me on Facebook, like the Catholicism Car channel on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all there. Catholicism Car. Find me. And then I also have a Patreon account if you wish to support what I do at, at this podcast and this YouTube channel. And you can also support us on anchor.fm. There's a support button there you click on. I also have links to all of this on my website's support page at www.catholicisminthecar.com.